All right, welcome back to Magic with K. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And just to let you all know, first off the bat, I have had somewhat of a head cold, so if I sound a little odd, that's probably why. Or if there seems to be no sound for a minute, it may be me coughing. So, anyways, with all that said, we're now on our 14th episode, and we're going to talk about baptism. Several different forms of it, all that. And obviously here in the U.S., it is Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, so, it is. We are looking forward to that. I've got some stuff grilling. I'm going to have a good old time. And we'll, uh, we actually talked about it beforehand that we may do what a lot of other people do, which is we may have a show on exactly uh, what all we notice with like the halftime show, which is usually, usually some type of occult ceremony. Because mm-hmm. you've got all kinds of energy going on. You've got all kinds of things that they do. And for anybody that didn't know that, yes, there are occult practices being done in and around the Super Bowl by both good practitioners and dark magicians as well. Yeah, there's enough people using magic trying to influence the outcome of the Super Bowl. Yep. And going in so many different directions that it all ends up nullifying itself to an extent. Pretty much. That's why it's one of those, it's always funny to see the spreads on the betting, which I don't bet on sports because the only thing I gamble with is my life. (laughs) <laughs> so there is that and therefore yeah i don't but it is interesting to always look at what the spreads are yeah and you know that's based off of different things that they're calculating and everything like that but it's just a fun little pastime it's also there's some numerology involved which like i said that'll yeah. be coming up in a future episode as well yeah. but we might do a little fun thing where we just examine like okay like for instance some of the outfits that the performers wear can have different meanings depending on what exactly they're into too Mm -hmm. yes i'm sure this doesn't come as a surprise to some people who are listening to this but not all of your performers are what they claim to be which is most of them claim to be christians i can tell you right now a lot of them are not yeah they are practicing other forms which that's fine however it's one of those you know you don't have to try and I guess, you know, you're trying to sell it to everybody, so, yeah. you know, the vast majority of people, as we've discussed before, are mostly Christian in the, in the United States still, so yep. it's one of those you're trying to appeal to your masses and sell your records, so yep. there is that. Uh, and, you know, you can always play the records backwards and get all the satanic messages you want. Exactly. Anyways, that's a, a joke. Usually, yeah. there there can be. Don't get me wrong. There can be some, but it's a satanic panic joke. It is the from the eighties. Yeah, I remember that. And reverse speech. If anybody's interested in that, actually go look into uh, John Oates, not from uh, the music group or anything, but he actually does reverse speech. He's actually very good at it. And I think I got that right. I ha- I'll have to look that up. I- that was off the cuff, so I don't know if that's actually who does that, but it is an interesting thing, and he does do reverse speech on a lot of political figures, religious figures, and there's some interesting things hidden in the subconscious that come out through reverse speech. Oh, wow. Some of it is uh, audiodolia, mm-hmm. not pareidolia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, you're hearing what you want to hear type thing. Yeah. Some of it's really clear. Yeah. Some of it's like, oh, he said that. Or she said that. Yep. But anyways, so on to baptism. On to baptism. So I'll talk about it from a Christian perspective first. And the, yeah, basically the non-denominational 
group that I associate with that is actually pretty Baptist. That's what they pretty much are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's full immersion because obviously that's what John the Baptist was doing. If anybody has read the Bible and knows anything about the Christian faith, John the Baptist was the guy that was preparing the way for Jesus' coming, and he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. Yeah. even baptized Jesus, and that's when the <clears throat> Spirit of the Lord came upon him. You know, there's, there's, a, it's an actually pretty, pretty neat event in the Gospels, and then of course Jesus preached it the same thing. It is based off of an earlier Jewish tradition of purification. With the mitzvah. With the mitzvah, where with you the mikvah. You, mikvah. There you yeah. go. Um, uh, mikvah being, um, and I'm not Jewish, so if I get this wrong, yeah. please correct me, and I do apologize. A mikvah being a. Um, uh, full immersion process that uh, Jewish women and some men um, undergo at certain times where they are full immer- fully immersed in water. Um, the water has to come from a natural source, a river, rain, etc. And usually, so like for instance, in one of the first miracles that's talked about in the Gospels, where water turn or Jesus turned uh, water into wine, that's actually what was filled up with water was those purification uh, jars and that's that's also significant for you know uh, instead of the water purifying you it's the blood of Jesus type deal that's what the wine's supposed to represent all those type of different things but we'll go with uh, an actual reference here out of the new encyclopedia of the occult written by John Michael Greer who's written a lot of books on the occult he's actually a practicing occultist as well and most of his stuff is usually pretty good. I, I enjoy reading it. And his, his one passage here on baptism, which it's real short, and he talks about it's the first of the seven Christian sacraments. Baptism in water was developed by John the Baptist from the older Jewish tradition of purification through bathing, and then adopted by early Christianity. The full, full ritual of baptism includes a formal renunciation of the devil and all his works, which we talked about that's more of a Roman Catholic thing now. Uh, where they yeah, do in, a slight exorcism before the sprinkling, even. In Roman Catholicism, yeah, they do do a... a, a I, I like to think of it as mini-exorcism right. before they do the baptism. I'm not sure in um, Byzantine Rite Catholics if they do that or not. I'm yeah. not familiar with that yeah, form I don't of know Catholicism. If, yeah, I don't know if they do it or not, either. The, the sprinkling, I think, is pretty much still practiced, I think, by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by mini-exorcism, we mean... It's kind of a, they don't believe that the person's possessed. They just want to make sure that the devil's nowhere near them just when they case. do this. Yeah, just in case. Uh, it's actually, I've, I've, we were joking, I joked, it's probably where some of the uh, faith healers that you see, they get it where they lay the hands on the person and, you know, devils come out, like that type of deal. Yeah. And that's probably from that type of thing. But back to the, the quote here, according to a variety of occult writings, not all of them by Christian occultists, the rite of baptism has significant magical effects, and those who have received it are both protected from and shut out from participation in certain magical energies connected with earth magic and the like. Um, I think it's important to remember that from a strictly occultist perspective, though a lot of Christians don't like to phrase it this way, mm-hmm. much of the Christian practices can be viewed as magic. Oh, absolutely. Prayer is magic. Baptism is a ritual that's magic. Yep. You know, all... A lot of these things are magical in nature. I mean, we even 
you know, singing, singing can even be because you're chanting. And you're energy raising. Right. And that's exactly what that is. It's, yeah, it's still, it's a form of worship to, uh, obviously to God, um, and therefore it's similar. Um, my associate here, she's always talked about, she doesn't have a, um, musical ear. No, so to speak. So no, I'm not a musical person. She doesn't chant or uh, sing any of her spells, which is that, which was kind of interesting when we talked about that because, mm-hmm. of course, Enochian magic, which is angel magic, um, you do sing because that's basically how they talk. Now, the funny part about it is when you go back and look, uh, well, Old Testament, New Testament for the Bible, they're singing a lot of that stuff. That's why some of it is looks that way when mm-hmm. it's, you know... Kind of, it's like, why does it look like that? Well, it's because that's supposed to be sung, mm-hmm. not just read. Yeah. And so for me, you know, singing is just kind of a, a normal thing. And while I'm not the best singer in the world, it's I, I can do it, and I, I understand, and it, it sounds good, uh, at least to me when I sing. So <laughs> that's all that really matters, right? Yeah. But to her, yeah, she doesn't have the musical ear, so she just, but yep. she still gets the results just by, well basically talking yeah i mean i put power and energy into well, it yeah. But yeah it's just i just speak um which like i said was kind of weird to me yeah. it was like oh okay uh, but that's you know some of the differences and of course we have people that don't like to sing that are in church yep. you know you see those individuals but they still like to be there because they do feel the energy raising like you were talking about mm-hmm. and they do feel all those different things so it and it's a, a lot of the things that are talked about are always if you look at it, they're very magical yeah. in nature because you're talking about a supernatural relationship. Mm-hmm. Because after all, I mean, it's one of those Jesus is not here physically. Mm-hmm. He's not here. Okay, so like you cannot reach out and touch you him can't touch him. him. Yeah, you can't do that. So it's one of those. It's a supernatural relationship with an entity. Yeah, and yeah. So when you when people talk about those type of things, it's one of those. It's always like. Do you realize the magic that you're mm-hmm. saying, the magic that you're doing? And of course, we, you know, most of that's been eradicated out and kind of really toned down. But it's still there, mm-hmm. and it's still interesting. It's just like baptism. Baptism, of course, is a representation of <clears throat> it's an outward expression of what you've done internally, and therefore it's one of those. But the but the way that it's always, which is always really kind of cool, is. You know, you're talking about you you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit, whichever one you want to do. And, you know, it, and the other part that's usually said, which is always an interesting part, is I bury you yeah. with Christ to rise yeah. in, in his name and to walk in his path. Well, yeah. those are all magical things. Yeah. Um, so... One of the things we had talked about is that there's a couple different versions of baptism in mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. So there's the sprinkling mm-hmm. and then there's full immersion. Right. Um, sprinkling is done by Catholics. It's done by Anglicans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other denominations that do that. Yep. Um, and it is also often done with infants. Correct. Correct. Okay. Because it st- that stems from the Black Plague. Yes. Right. Where it was thought that because... They taught that even newborns were 
uh, you know, they're born into a broken world, and therefore they already have sin, which I've never, I've never seen any, any child under the age of probably two or three that understands Enough right from wrong yeah. type deal. So, it, but anyways, during the Black Black Death, they they preached that quite a quite hard. And so one of the things that you had to do was, well, you better get this baby baptized because you don't know if it's going to live to see the next day. And, of course, infant mortality rates were way higher. Yeah. So getting a child sprinkled so that, that way it saved its soul because the other thing they taught was that the soul would go to purgatory. And it, there, was a whole, there was a whole bunch of stuff that got done that <coughs> shouldn't have gotten done. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it, but... That's a whole other episode, probably. Uh-uh. Um, but yeah, that's where the sprinkling comes from. And yeah, it's still practiced to this day, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I mean, I've, I've been to some of those. And yep. it's, I mean, it's it's a very nice ceremony. Um, um, so yeah. uh, when I was a child, um, as a small child, and when I was a baby, I was born into the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, ha- I was baptized as, as an infant. Um, and then as I got older, my parents transitioned to um, the Southern Baptist mm-hmm. evangelical side of things. Um, which means you needed to be fully immersed. Which means I had to get rebaptized. Because um, the first one didn't take. Because the first one doesn't count. Doesn't count. You got to be full immersion. Full immersion. That's right. And it, but also it has to be your choice. Correct. You can't Absolutely. choose it for a child. Right. Uh, which is the other difference. It's. You know, most, and that's the other part about, so, we've talked about this, obviously, not on the show, but, um, you know, we've I've talked to her about the fact that, yeah, it's one of those, you have, it, like, if you're, if you're sprinkling kids, babies especially, they don't have, they have no choice. So, yeah. there's, and that's the whole thing that's it's supposed to be a choice. Mm-hmm. It's just like... With a, the it, pagan religion stuff, it's it's always a choice. Yeah, so, and I think it's important to realize that um, all of these baptisms are really seen as an initiation into the, re- into the religion. Right. Um, and so, by going through the baptism, even as an infant, you're not, like, then you're, su- you're considered a member of that religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and in paganism, we also have sort of initiation rituals um we have something that is in wicca it's called a wickening um obviously that makes sense as opposed to a christening for christians um i hear with the highlanders it's a quickening (laughs) um uh, and a lot of pagans who aren't wiccans often call it a wickening as well just for lack of a term um and we'll do them on infants and it's more like um presenting them to the gods and saying hey um until they make their choice will you look out for them gotcha um but uh in in paganism um at least in the path i follow and in most paths i've come across um we don't allow our children to choose their religion until they hit a certain biological marker so for women for girls it's their first period for boys it's their voice changing or there are a couple other biological markers you could use for boys um but those are the ones that we use and it's basically saying until you are physically an adult you're not allowed to you're not old enough to make that choice you think you are but you're not um because who's I've definitely met many teenagers who think that they're a lot more mature than they are. Right. 
Um, and it's, it's that sort of thing. Um, and so, you know, children in paganism are often said, oh, I, I grew up in a pagan household. Right. Not, I grew up pagan. So, like, I grew up Christian. My right. children grew up in a pagan household. Right. But still have the choice. Still have the choice. Right. Um, and me personally, and this is not all pagan people, but me personally, I will not, I would not allow my children to make the choice until they had experienced other religions. So they were required to go to a church or synagogue or something. They were required to look into other religions before they could make their choice. Right. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's one of those, it's actually pretty smart because you never know. You yeah. know, it, it's one of those, for instance, obviously the the pagan path's not for everybody. The Christian path's not for everybody. Exactly. Um, you know, the Buddhist path ain't for everybody. It, it, there's, there's a multitude of things to go and look and research and look into. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm going to encourage people to, to come to church and to, you know, research that and to make sure that, hey, you know, okay. And, you know, I, because I've been doing this, golly, yeah, I got, I was actually baptized when I was 12. Uh, it actually didn't become my, my religion. Like, I was still going to church because mom and dad were going to church. Yeah. So once it became my religion, I was probably in my early 20s. And I think that happens to a lot of people if they actually spend the time to go, okay, this is my religion. Not mommy and daddy's religion. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, for some people, that doesn't happen. They just keep following the routine because, well, that's what we've always done. Well, yeah. just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean that it's necessarily yours. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, baptism's pretty much, for most things, it's just that, yeah, it's an outward expression of what you've done internally. Now, there are some, some that I've read about, some cults and stuff like that that I like actually bury people and then have them basically get out of a shallow grave type deal it's yeah there's there's some weird stuff out there but for the most part and a lot of that's you know done in the old days type stuff or mm -hmm. like the uh the egyptian mystery schools yeah you know different things like that which is where some of the some of the purification stuff comes from for the Jews mm -hmm. because it's one of those, the Israelites, obviously, they lived in Egypt for a long time. Yeah. And they picked up a lot of stuff from those Egyptians. Yeah. And you can see that in some of their writings. You can see it in some of the events that happened to them. You can see it in, I mean, um, well, yeah, Exodus with Moses. And he throws the staff down and it becomes a snake. And the Egyptian... Uh, priests that are there are able to throw theirs down and they turn into snakes too because mm -hmm. it wasn't an impressive thing it wasn't like oh my gosh it was but then the impressive part to them was that moses's snake ate their snakes yes now that's a indication and it was to them as well that the god that moses served was stronger than theirs yeah that's what it meant to them uh didn't necessarily mean that their gods weren't uh, as power weren't powerful, they were, but they weren't as powerful as what Moses was serving. That type of deal. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we talk about uh, water baptism. Of course, the other the other baptism that's always talked about that's in like a lot of movies and everything else is yep, going to be a baptism through fire. Yep. You know, and they talk about that type of thing because that's obviously trials and tribulations mm -hmm. and you know learning. Well, and really, yeah, learning who you are. And it takes that 
you know, chunk of raw metal that you are and then forges it into usually, hopefully, a pretty pretty good weapon, so to speak, but actually just whatever you're supposed to be. It's almost like the Philosopher's Stone type stuff. Yeah. That's what it really reminds me of a lot of times when people talk about baptism by fire. Uh, by the way, the, the Philosopher's Stone, if anybody's trying to uh, create one, that's you. <laughs> you are the Philosopher's Stone, okay? It's not... You're not going to find it by looking in the mirror that shows you your mom and dad that passed away by Voldemort, okay? It's... Darn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, ain't, this ain't Harry Potter. It's... It's you. You're you're honing yourself. That's what real alchemy is. Yeah. Turning lead into gold is you going from that chunk of lead to gold. And it can be a baptism through fire. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you can have trials and tribulations that you are supposed to go through, that you are supposed to learn from, because after all, this is a school. That's what we've talked about before. Yeah. You know, this plane is a school, and so, yeah, you're supposed to learn and grow and hopefully take those lessons and you know, go either rejoin, rejoin the, you know, universe. the divine spirit, yeah, universe, uh, God for, for me, you know, that's what you're, that's what you're hoping will happen at the end, and yeah, you take all those lessons and you go on, but yeah, baptism's always an interesting part because it seems like such an easy thing, but it has such huge consequences. It really does. Because you really are picking, and that's what it's supposed to be. You're picking you're a side. You're picking who you're going to be with. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, now I would say that I was not ready to be baptized when I was baptized. Okay. Um, I, I would definitely say that because I didn't really know what my path was for a really long time. Um, and hmm. I would say that I've definitely broken that baptism covenant. I don't know. I mean, it's well as you actually have to... Like there's there's a couple things you have to do to really break away type deal. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... got to make a couple Horcruxes. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, here's a great joke. So I was watching a Harry Potter movie the other night, and I got to thinking. I was like, man, you know how dangerous those Horcruxes was, and going after them and stuff. It changed who acted as Dumbledore. Like, man, <laughs> talk about a dangerous, dangerous thing. Yeah. Changed the way Dumbledore looked. Man, everything. Like, wow. Like, these things are really dangerous. Um, but, yeah. No, actually, the... You destroy one Horcrux and suddenly... Yeah, you're just turning into a different person. Um, yeah, for everybody that's watched Harry Potter, I'm sure that'll be a, a fun little giggle for you. Oh. But the... Yeah, actually, so breaking, so breaking covenant type deal, there's a couple ways to, to do that. And, you know, most of them are like a total rejection type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in any of the religions. It's usually a total break with whatever it is that you were following. Yeah. Um, if that's who you were following in the first place. So that's the other part that goes with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, were you actually really doing this? Were you actually really involved? Were you, you know, were you saying, okay, I'm following this, and then all of a sudden you go, okay, no, I'm not doing that anymore because... For whatever reason. And there's a bunch of different things that can happen to people. Obviously, I'm sure folks listening to this have seen people that have, you know, they've lost their faith or they've gained another faith or they've just gotten rid of all the faith. They just have yeah. gone total atheist, which is a, which could be argued as another type of faith. Yeah. Uh, it just depends. It's, you know, and, and I've, met, I've met folks who are, 
they're comfortable in whatever they're doing type deal to where they check the boxes, they do the different things, and that's all they do. And and that's in every, I think, probably every religion. You know, you got the folks that are just like, eh, okay, yeah, oh, that's nice, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I got up and I did that and I checked that box and... Uh, and like for instance we talk about it for uh obviously you know sundays you get up and you go to church check that box and you went to you went to worship service and you sang and then you went to you know bible bible study and okay and and you know you did all those those little check marks but you're not doing anything else yeah and uh, you know for some people that's enough and i get it it's like okay for others of us we're deeply embedded and we're you know trying to once again, like I said, turn lead into gold type deal. So. I feel like my path is very much one of everyday active participation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what mine is too, and 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 I yeah. definitely participate more than I did when I was a Christian, and I was in the evangelical Southern Baptist world, right. which those of y'all who don't know can be upwards of five, six days a week at church. Oh yeah, if you let it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was times when I was in high school, um, I went to church Sunday morning, mm-hmm. then you go to Sunday evening church, mm-hmm. then um, you've got on Wednesday church, yep. okay, um, you've got uh, Friday night youth group, yep. and then you've probably also got... Um, some type of get together on Saturday. Some type of get together on Saturday, yep. um, and then if you were in any sort of organization or oh, club yeah. or anything, that yep. would be on like Tuesday. Yep. So after school, yeah, yeah, you know, if you were in Awanas or if you were in the uh-huh. choir or anything, uh-huh. so yeah, it was a, a lot. lot. Yep, and it does it. It can become. It can become your life. Yeah, and and for people who want that, great. Yeah, absolutely. For those for those of us that are kind of, it's one of those like, I the the church we go to right now doesn't have Sunday night service. They have Sunday morning and then they've got Wednesday night. And that actually is pretty nice because it allows for, you know, some, some type of, you know, rejuvenation type deal, uh, with other, you know, fellow believers and it allows for interaction and we do do some stuff every now and again that, that is outside of those two days and that's okay. But for the most part, it's those two days and yeah. I will tell you, when leaving Christianity, the part that I missed the most was the fellowship. Yeah, well, right. It was, Honestly, that was the reason I stayed as long as I did. It's the reason it was so hard to leave, and it was what I missed the most. And being able to find um, other pagans, being able to find my coven was amazing. And my coven, we only really meet on high holidays. That's eight times a year. Right. I mean, we see each other because we're friends. Right. Like, we do coven-specific stuff eight times a year. Right. And I, I think that that's good for me. Well, yeah. Point. Especially coming from the world where it was five, six times a week. Right. And so, you know, because there is such a thing, just like in, in, in a job, there's burnout. Well, mm-hmm. same thing can happen. It's one of those, you can, you can burn people out on religion oh, pretty exactly. quick. Because, yeah, and I'm sure... I'm sure there's pagan groups that are like, nope, we got to make sure that we're meeting like at least once a week and we're doing all these things. And I mean, and I was a member of a pagan group. It was a, um, it was a loose affiliation pagan church. 
Um, and because we, and it was sponsored by the military, and because we were sponsored by the military, we had to meet certain requirements, which meant we had to meet at least once a week. We did. We met on Wednesdays and Sundays. And honestly, that was nice. It, it was nice um, until that became too much. Right. Um, but, and I know pagan groups that meet every full moon and every new moon. Oh, uh, okay. So they're meeting like twice a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know ones that meet every full moon. Okay. Um, for my group, um, we probably would meet that often if we weren't already seeing each other that often. Right. And we weren't, we all have small kids. We all have very busy lives. Right. So just on Sabbaths works for us for now, but it will probably become more once we have more free time. Well, that's true too. Yeah. And, and that's what you see once again. That's what you see in the church, too, you know, because as people get older, as the kids move off, as mm -hmm. they've got more time because, for instance, they retire or their work schedule isn't nearly what it was 20 years ago when they started, all those different things, and you see them more participating more in church activity type stuff. Yeah. And that's not unusual. It's pretty much par for the course. Yeah. And you're right. Fellowship. Fellowship is... Fun, or can be. Uh, too much fellowship will once again burn you out. I mean, I call it too much peopling. Yep. You know, I've peopled too much. I'm done. My and my daughter peoples out. Right, exactly. And it happens. And there are those of us who, like anybody who's ever read any Jack Reacher novels, now we're going way off topic, but that's all right. Uh, off Jack, topic. Yeah, off topic. Who knew? Um, but the Jack Reacher novels, you know, he's okay being by himself. Yeah. So am I. You know, it's well as I don't have to have that in order to uh, fulfill my personal relationship that I enjoy having with my deity. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, me and him, we can have plenty of one-on-one -on -one time, and I'm good. But peopling, yeah, it's well as okay. I've got to go people. Okay, we'll we'll yeah. do this, and all right, I'm good, and and then okay, and now I get to go back to. You know, just me and him type deal. And that works well for me. Once again, people that are especially social butterflies, yeah. they love fellowship, right? Yeah. They love no and matter what me. they're doing. I'm a social person. Right. So you really enjoy it. And you really, like I said, yeah, it's really it tough really for you. Because it's... And, and honestly, the answer was I could no longer continue living a lot. Well, right, and it, that's you know that's the other part that I, I think no happens to folks. I continue to lie to these people that I cared about. Right, um, and then of course when I did come out and tell them the truth, a that I, I lost them anyway, right. which I knew was going to happen. Um, but on the subject of baptism, how many of your children have been baptized? Um, one. One of them. Yeah, yeah, just one. So, of my two children, mm -hmm. both of them were baptized into the Catholic faith because my mother-in-law is Catholic, and my husband felt it was easier to just let her do it than to argue. Yeah, there's some of that, too. Um, however, in the last couple of months, both of mine have declared their faith, which is what we would call it in paganism, mm -hmm. um, and both have declared their gods, um, and both have come out as pagan. It happens. Which, hey, it's great. Um, and I had someone ask me, are you happy that they picked your path? They didn't pick my path. Right. They, they picked their own. They picked a path that is under the same umbrella that my path is under. But they, they didn't even pick the same gods I have. Right. And 
my kids are still friends with her kids. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those, like, uh, yeah. Like I said, our boys are best friends. Yeah. Like, a little bit too close. <clears throat> so, it, it's one of those, they, like, I don't know. I, you know, it's one of those, my, uh, my oldest boy, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't decided what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. But, like, my daughter, my daughter was baptized, and that happened several years ago. But it's one of those, yeah. And so, but she's following more along the lines of digging into stuff like I did. And, you know, we've we've helped her along with the different things like that. So it's one of those, yeah, she'll probably have a similar view, I would say, maybe, yeah. as I do. But maybe not necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. It's right now, yeah, it's kind of, it's answering questions. It's kind of going, okay, because it really is going to become her what she is doing yeah as opposed to what mommy and daddy are doing yeah and that's what they're supposed to do to be honest exactly and you know it it becomes the whole okay hey i'm going to support you in what you do and what you want to do yeah. uh, as long as you're not going to be a dark magician i probably won't support that <laughs> uh just because i'm i'm really not into that whole deal uh, that leads to bad things we've talked about that but yeah, as far as, you know, my youngest, it's one of those, he's such a spaz that I, I have no idea. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see where he goes. But it's, it's one of those, he enjoys going to church. He tells me he enjoys going to church. He tells me he enjoys learning uh, all, all about, you know, the different uh, people that are in the Bible. He enjoys doing all those things. Uh, he's he's also kind of a social butterfly. Yeah. So he enjoys the fellowship along with it, but it's one of those. Yeah, I don't know. You know, he he's still several years away from being you know at that age where starting the mustache and voice changes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. But if he does, it'll be his decision. That's the yeah. other part. I've always let them decide. Like for instance. I baptized my daughter, mm -hmm. and she asked me to do that. Yeah. So it was her decision. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was getting into. She understood, and so I was more than happy to do that. My, yeah, my boy, I don't know. Well, you know, my oldest boy, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's one of those, he hasn't, he hasn't talked to me about that. <clears throat> he hasn't said that he wants to do that, so I don't know, but well, we'll see. And your daughter has also talked to me about my faith extensively. Right. Absolutely. Um, whereas your boys, neither of them have. Right. Correct. Um, and I think that's just where they are in life. Correct. More than anything. And it, right. Where, and, you know, both of my children have gone to church with his family yeah. and his children. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and they have a good time. And My daughter enjoys scaring youth ministers. Oh, yeah. I mean. She likes to say things that are just very out of left field but it's funny because it's the stuff that frankly any religion that's worth its salt should have an answer for yeah and yeah it that's i think that's probably you know we actually had had, had a discussion about that at church about the fact that people have failed to be able to communicate effectively with each other anymore mm -hmm. so like for instance you know we're sitting here talking to hundreds of people uh i hope hundreds of people yeah that an amount of people an amount of people uh we're sitting here talking to y'all and we're having a conversation be it 
somewhat one-sided, and I get that. Yeah. But it's the whole, we're sitting here, we're able to communicate, and if we if we were sitting here with you, we would be able to communicate the same thing. Yeah. Because it's just sitting here having a conversation with you. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to browbeat you. No. I'm not trying to tell you that you have to, you have to go and get baptized, you have to, I'm not telling you that. Neither is she. Of course not. You know, um, that's probably one of the most interesting parts is that we've talked about uh, proselytizing. Proselytization. If I could talk. Uh, We've talked about that, you know, where you're going out and you're trying to convert people to your religion. Pagans really don't do that. No. Oh, gosh. It's, it's forbidden. But... But for us, it's a it's a commandment. Yeah, and I remember talking to my child to my daughter about it because a boy at her school was proselytizing to her, and she was like, "I don't understand." Because in paganism, the theory is trying to convert someone is basically starting conversation off with "You're wrong, and let me tell you why." Oh, uh, okay. And it's. Assuming that that person is incapable of figuring out their own religion on their own and what they're doing is wrong. And, and that's just the mindset it comes from. And so my daughter's like, does he think I'm stupid? <laughs> does he think I'm incapable of making my own choices? And I had to sit her down and say, no, no, no. From his perspective, he, it's like he's got the best thing ever. He's got the best chocolate right. in the entire world. Right. And he just wants you to try it because he knows that if you try it, you might think your chocolate's amazing, but you don't understand. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And so it just, and I'm like, it comes from a place of love. Well, it, that's where it should come from. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, yeah. and, and it was, it was a good friend of hers who I was like, he literally just, he cares about you so much. He wants you to have this awesome thing that he has. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, my daughter did end up going to church with him once. And after that said, you know what, I don't think I want to go to church with them. Uh, what do I do if he asks me to go again? I said, you say, thank you. I appreciate it. I just don't think it's my thing, but can we still be friends? Right. Because after all, here's, so here's the whole thing. If, if for instance, you tell somebody, and this is for all of the Christians that, that listen to me on here. If for instance, you tell somebody and they go, yeah, I don't think that's for me. Okay, cool. Yeah. You still want you still want to go to the pub or you want to go yeah. hang out or you want to you know because let me tell you they don't have to believe the same way we do. That's okay. It means the world to me when I have friends who are Christian who ask me to go to church and when I tell them no they're like okay cool and they just like we're able to continue to be friends because right. I've had friends that that is the end of a friendship. Right. And so it just it means the world to me when they're when I'm like you know it's just not my thing and they're like okay cool and we just go on with our friendship because frankly here's the other part it's one of those I've like for instance uh, her and her and her kids are probably going to come to the Easter egg hunt we have at the church because yeah. it's a huge event it's a lot of fun but at the same time it's one of those she's also invited us to come over for uh, Ostara Ostara. Which, once again, is hunting for eggs, doing all kinds of fun stuff. And we're going to go to that because they actually, like we've talked about before, they actually live out in the woods. So there's going to be a lot of places for those eggs to hide. And the kids are going to spend a long time searching for them while we get to hang out and basically uh, drink and eat and just have some fun. So drink, eat. Enjoy each other's company. Right. And that's basically, when you get when you get down to everything, 
that's basic human need, okay, is to be with each other, to, you know, break bread with each other, to have all those things happen. And so it comes down to, for We're instance... We're really a social species. Well, we are. For instance, let's say in 10 years, 10 years, right, 10 years, she comes to me and goes, you know what, I think I really want to get back into this Christianity thing. Be like, all right, great, cool. Like, hey, man, come <laughs> on with me. We'll go on to the church, that's fine. But it's also one of those, I don't expect that to happen, right? Because I don't, one, I don't need it to happen, no. right? It's it's not a, you have to be this way or else. Yeah. It's never, which is, I guess, probably one of the best parts for me is it's never been that way for me. Yeah. And therefore, I don't demand it of others. Yeah. Because, yeah, okay, oh, well, like for instance, she talked about, you know, has she broken covenant with God by going down this pagan path? I don't know. I mean, I'm not him. I don't know. I mean, I would say that I have. Maybe. By my perspective, but... <sighs> Maybe. I mean, I... Because I promised to follow him, and now I'm not anymore, so that's breaking a covenant. Um, but, you know. But you also, you know, the, the other part comes down to is, but you also have the, the choice at any time... To go back. To go back. Oh, yeah. So, it... It's all kinds of stuff that's, I don't think that unless, unless you just, yeah, you totally, you know, like you're giving the middle finger to the, you know, Holy Spirit and telling God to F off and all that. Yeah, okay. Then, then yeah, you, you might. Uh, there's only a couple things that I've read, even in occult studies, where you basically, like, for instance, one of them's, uh, <laughs> if you create a homunculus, supposedly when you create so if you really create one and you go through the whole ritual one of the things that you have to say in there in order to bring the thing to life is that you know you are breaking the covenant of God because you are creating this life form oh. yeah supposedly that's in the ritual in the real ritual and so if you if you go through the whole thing and you go to that point and you go past, you know, you say that, and then bring the thing to life, supposedly, yeah, you have broken basically one of the tenets of the universe with God. Mm -hmm. Because remember, only God is able to create life, right? Yeah. Like real physical, I'm not talking about servitors or anything like that. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, you, you're creating this thing that is, one, unnatural, and two... It has a physical form is like kind of like a slave to you it's it's almost like creating frankenstein's monster yeah type deal and that's supposed to be a big time no-no yeah in everything that i've read uh that's all that also comes from by the way kabbalist teaching stuff like that the kabbalah is very much about you don't do this yeah like this is dark magic don't do it um but all that to say that, yeah, it's one of, those, one of the reasons that we're friends is because I accept her for who she is. Yeah, and I accept him for who he is. Right. And that's the main part. It, so the baptism thing, the baptism thing is awesome, uh, from especially from my, obviously from the Christian perspective, uh, because, yeah, it's like, hey, you're, you're deciding to follow this path with the rest of us, which is why we call each other like brothers and sisters type yep. deal. And... You know, you're, you're going to follow this path with us, and okay, here we go, and, and off we go. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes, you know, people fall off the wagon, so to speak, uh, <laughs> yep. to use that terminology. Uh, but 
you know, the the other part is nobody's perfect. Nope. That's the other thing to I don't care who you who you think you are, unless now I will say this. Unless you are and, and if he listens to this podcast, I really want him to send me an email. Unless you are John the Apostle, who <laughs> supposedly never died, okay? Once again, you have to read the Gospels to figure this out, and especially the Gospel of John, because he didn't necessarily say that he was going to live forever. It just, anyways. Wait, he doesn't die in his own autobiography? He doesn't. That's <laughs> the interesting part. And one of the things in there is about, because like Peter supposedly turned to the Lord and asked him, well, you know, what about him? Talking about John. Yeah. And John, and Jesus gave him the answer that, well, if, he wants, if I want to keep him alive until I come back, what is that to you? Which even John put in his 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 book about the fact that this led to some rumors among the believers that uh, this apostle would never die, mm-hmm. you know that type of deal. And supposedly John was dictating this book on his deathbed in Alexandria. That's at least yeah. the legend. So, yeah, like I said, now if you're out there though, John, the apostle, who's over two thousand years old now, please email us. Please email me, okay. At uh, magic with a K for info at gmail.com. It'll be in the description, by the way. If anybody emails me and you're not John the Apostle, also, and you, you claim and you claim that you are you are John the Apostle, I'll be extremely disappointed. However, yes, you can email us with any questions, comments, snide remarks, stuff like that. <laughs> but anyways, well, we wow, we we did run long on this. Yeah, we. But do that's that okay. So next. Let's see what's up next. Next is going to be astrology. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that so was my bag of tracks. That was the one that you wanted to do. Yeah, I've, I've started to start to dig into the old astrological stuff here. Oh yeah, and That'd be fun. It will be. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do each other's charts. Maybe that, we could do that. There you go. Uh, I don't know how interesting that would be on air, but we'll see about how that might work out. But anyways, as always, I'm Daniel and I'm Alex, and we appreciate you joining us, and we will see you next time.